Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 28 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and today I'm joined by Ben. Hello. How are you doing today, Ben? All right? Yeah, I'm really good. Good, good, good. So, Rich has been distracted by real life, so Ben has agreed to join the show and help us out for a bit. So, Ben, can you tell us what we're talking about on episode 28? Yep, we're going to be reviewing the Tombstone tournament we had recently. Uh, we're going to be chatting about themed leagues and the usual ho- uh, usual games, hobby and star players. Absolutely fantastic. Okay, so first things first, Blood Bowl news. And we've got quite a list to go through today. Um, The first bit is from Exit 23 Games. There is a Line Frog. Well, Line Frog. There is a Frogman fantasy football team that was was from J-Bone Industries. They crowdfunded a Frogman fantasy football team. um, And Exit 23 Games have picked up what's left on the stock. So there's only 100 or so teams and there won't be anything else made. Ben, have you had a chance to have a look at this team? Yeah, I have. Uh, it's really uh, unique, actually. I, I love it. I really it's do. Quite, it's quite old school. It looks like how Slan used to be in the art for like the second edition Blood Bowl and things. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I totally get that. Which is quite cool. I mean, there are some other really good Slan teams out there. I'm a big fan. I think it's the, uh, the Fanath one. Where they've got Morgan Frog. Oh, yeah, of course. They've also got the Kermit Chainsaw, I think. That... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, which I think is a reason enough to buy a team. Um, I can't see the cost on that post, but if you are after a slam team, check out Exit 23 Games, so Exit23.Games, and um, have a look at that there. The next bit is from Star Player Shop. They have, they have got a pre-order on their Ratmen team. Now, Ben, I know you've got a Skaven team kind of on order at the moment anyway, haven't you? Yeah, I went I backed the uh, Pirates from Punga Miniatures, which is fantastic. Now that team that team was so good. And and what we've got here from Star Player Shop is a they're a lot they're a lot thinner looking. I think, yeah they're quite gaunt, aren't they? Yeah, they look like um biker mice uh, the biker yeah biker mice from Mars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <throwback>. <laughs> right, here's a massive throwback. Um and they're the tool biker-looking Skaven with Skaven heads that actually are probably appropriately sized for a, for a kind of biped as opposed to the cartoony big Skaven heads that you get around. But that's quite cool. So that's €55, Euros, uh, including tax. That's a really good price. It is, isn't it? Just So that's 16 miniatures. That's two blitzers, two throwers, four runners, seven linemen, and a rat ogre. Yeah, including the big guy in that is a really big deal. Well, it is. I mean, we've seen some of the other teams that are out there. It's more like 80 euros, 100 euros even um, for some of them. Um, They're they're cool models. They're not quite to my taste because they are quite tall, but they're kind of they're kind of more realistic. No, yeah, Um, I get it's sort of if they look very humanoid first. Yeah, Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. And the rat ogre looks kind of more like a uh, wolverine, like a, a werewolf kind of look. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, yeah, so that's quite a cool team that is on sale at the moment, and that is starplayershop.com. So those are some of the 
Blood Bowl teams. And then we've got a couple of Games Workshop bits. So, Age of Sigmar, they've released what equates to now undead space marines in their fantasy <laughs> game. So they killed off the Warhammer Fantasy World where Blood Bowl was kind of set and replaced it with um, magic, other stuff. And they've released this new faction called the Ossiarch. Ossiarch? I, I think it's Ossiarch from what I've heard. Yeah. But don't quote me on that. They're a very unique style. So some of their models might be useful, but the one I really love the idea of, and it's really funny because um, Ian, who was on the show the last couple of episodes, immediately flagged this model up, and that was the Nightmare Predator. Have you seen this one? Yeah, is that from the Endless Spells? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So they have this this box of three Endless Spells, and one of them is this snake-like skeleton ghost with a massive head and i just i'm looking for a reason to use him as a big guy in blood bowl because i think that would be very cool it's so perfect with the outstretched hand he looks like he's trying to catch or throw a ball <laughs> exactly you know what you chuck yeah. a ball in there maybe from the undead kit and um he would look like an awesome big guy i can't quite figure out what you would use him as because obviously the mummies are well covered um but i'm sure there's something uh, out there i mean might be seen a secret a... team yeah well you know secret team or a star player maybe yeah um what's that mummy guy who wrestles everyone to the ground could be a oh, yeah uh yeah could be ramen i can't remember <laughs> ramen, <laughs> the, the guy named after japanese soup um yeah so... <laughs> so that's quite a cool model i mean we saw the the big troll hairy troll thing that was previewed a couple of weeks ago for uh for Warcry. haven't seen that come out yet but that again is something else keep an eye for games workshop there are other other kits and there are other games actually do have a couple of models that would be great for a big guy or even a team conversion yeah it's a great chance to get creative and just have something a bit different exactly so we've done that one we've done that one and let's talk about windsor chog very quickly so you guys who've listened to listened and or watched any of our youtube will know that i'm a huge fan of windsor chog and um, their miniatures, their miniatures. The one chap does him does, does some great digital sculpts and, and gets them cast in resin. The casts are great, the models are great, and he's released the Croxicore. It's one of the best Croxicores I've ever seen, and the fact it just came from this guy, it's took, it's taken him what, like two, three weeks to do it. <laughs> I, yeah, literally to to sculpt it because he he does a really good job of posting it on his Facebook, so you can kind of follow along as he's sculpting uh, this massive crocodile who is as big as a troll. Um, his, yeah, like you say, literally a couple of weeks from design to, to cast and um, went on sale today. I've ordered two, one for me, because I do need a Croxagore for the Lizardman team and another one that I will be giving away on the show um, to be announced next episode, if not before. As soon as I get the model, I'm going to do it. We're, we're going to do a competition um, just to give it away, just to get that model out there. Uh, ben, have you got any of the Windsor chalk models? Uh, yeah, I do actually. I, I won a um, at Tombstone tournament. I won a um, the Orc Star player. What's oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, oh man, the thing is on the website. He's actually just called Orc Star, isn't he? Yeah, but, he, <laughs> but he's he's it's, the it's good orc be, in Blood Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but Varag Gulchua is the one he's supposed to be, um, and it's a great cast. I mean, I used the Ogre for Seven Super Series. Um, in fact, you've used the ogre in seven seven in seven super series. Yeah, um, I did control him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zizzles the Mighty, um, yeah. and yeah, models are great. And like you said, uh, at Tombstone last weekend, uh, we did give away three models for the top three prizes for first place, for fan favorite, and for best team. Um, just because actually, Windsor Jog helped us out, sent us some models to give away. 
as prizes and they're, they're great absolutely great stuff um we've got a halfling fantasy football team up as well so this is on thingiverse so this is a 3d sculpted one so this is the stl files you can get this printed have you had a chance to have a look at the halfling fantasy football team yes i have and the name <laughs> knights of the second breakfast is very appropriate it is so good isn't it got a couple of them with like frying pans and <laughs> i love that yeah. one of them is wearing a frying pan as a helmet and oh, then yeah. has a chef's hat on top of it um <laughs> they're quite cool they're, they're not the best halfling models but they are good fun so that's halfling fantasy football team as ben said knights of the second breakfast on the thingiverse all this stuff i'll put in the show notes so if uh, if any of it takes your fancy you can have a quick look but they are kind of the classic well they're kind of halflings D D style i reckon yeah yeah, they're I not... get it. And it's just if you if you have access to a three D printer, they're not they're not even that much nowadays. Like, you've just oh, got a half oh, LinkedIn here. Is it's, it's... Even, even charging for it? Is it? Uh, I can't see that they are. I think it's just a download link. It might even be free. <laughs> so... There we go. So if you want a free, uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah, you can tip the designer. That means you don't have to. I think this designer is worth tipping. But yeah, yeah. If, you want a, if you want a free half team, jump on Thingiverse. Google Knights of the Second Breakfast, and um, there you go. Just print a team out. Oops, I'm accidentally downloading it. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a 3D printer. Um, I'm tempted, but 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 I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, the club, I think. Yeah. yeah. So we've seen that, and you spotted a beautiful model, didn't you? Yes, this actually came out the day of recording. Um, so I'm a big fan of Artel W miniatures. I never know the way to say it. Is it W Artel? I don't know. They, they call them Artel W miniatures on Facebook. Um, but they produce such high quality miniatures. They're often for the Games Workshop specialist games. They've done a lot for Necromunda. That's kind of their their niche where they they got sort of got a lot of popularity. And I've I've ordered a few of the of the sort of enforcers, the Judge Dread style ones. Oh, and they the are quality, lovely. Yeah, it's unparalleled. It's just so good. I've 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 never seen sharper resin. Um, they're based in Russia. So shipping can be a little bit pricey, but they do so many competitions throughout the year. Often you can uh, you can kind of get away with saving a bit of money. And <laughs> yeah, they've um, but they've produced this ogre, which is I'd say inspired by Juggernaut from the X Men. Oh, definitely. It's so funny. Yeah. If you look at the comments, one of the first things is someone's chucked a gif straight in there of the Juggernaut. Oh yeah. <laughs> straight away yeah. is there a size comparison for this model no they haven't they've only got the one sort of work in progress um well, actually i think it's even finished um render so you haven't we haven't seen the actual miniature or scale but i imagine it would be big uh, it looks probably like 40 mil base that he's on he sort of takes up most of it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna jug i'm gonna judge that um by the by the tusks in his face this guy is an ogre so he's going to be oversized so have you got some of the rtlw miniatures Yes, so I've got um, yeah, like I said, the sort of enforcers, oh, yeah. the Necromunda. Um, That's I've right. Got... How how big are they in proportion to sort of Games Workshop scale? They're they're humans, and they rank between a guardsman and a space marine in terms of scale for Blood Bowl people. That's I was about. Say, that sounds about right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're very on par with GW scale. So if this one's uh, ogre sized, ogre sized, he he should fit right in. That's very, very, very cool. So, yep. So he's got uh, the football hand. He's got a juggernaut helmet, which looks like it's going to be optional. 
looks like a really cool model. No idea on price just yet. And like you said, coming from Russia, but hey, I'm on board with that. It's worth noting as well that, yeah, like you say, he's got an optional juggernaut helmet and he's got an optional left hand. So you can either have a <laughs> giant cannon flamethrower kind of look of it, or you can replace it with an American football. Which so, is <laughs> that's, that's so good. I'd love to see that more because, um, yeah, that's really good. They've gone for two markets there. And you can I can see that, the, you know, the 40K guys, they'll want it for their Ogrens. But the fact that they've gone, you know what, people are going to love this for, for Blood Bowl as well. And yeah. they've done a great job in making that little swap. That's so good. Yeah, it's really great. Now, great spot there, Ben. Um, so, looking down our news, the only other thing to talk about is the Games Workshop Ogre team that's been spoiled since we recorded the last episode. Yes, um, this looks really good. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I'm, the rumour was that the Ogre team was coming next. Um which is quite cool. So it's nice to see that some of the rumour mill is on track. They did say Lizardmen and Ogres, and they were bang on the money. Yeah. Um, and something that's a new record is 16 miniatures in the box. Is it 16? 1, 2, Was 3, 16? 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, it is 16. Now, yeah. I'm not sure that the Noblars, or they should be Snotlings, I think, but, you know, not sure the Noblars count, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, true. But <laughs> this one sprue of these with two ogres and six noblars is so much fun and four ogres and a bunch of noblars is actually kind of where you want to start in a league with ogres so you because then you can buy three or four re-rolls as well for your starting lineup and obviously as re-rolls double and ogre price doesn't for 140k you get an ogre as opposed to 70k's worth of re-roll as, yeah. as you develop so as a starting team this is a starting team in the box and Which it great. looks yeah and it looks like there's a bunch of different pieces that can be used to you know like head swaps and arm swaps or something so if you've got two boxes to give you those six ogres it looks like you still have enough um pieces to differentiate them a bit yeah i, I totally agree i think it's it's one of my favorite ones from games workshop for that reason alone really of having us out of the box start it's funny isn't it like with the first four or five teams with no head swaps now they're giving us head swaps and hand swaps it feels amazing yeah definitely <laughs> It's going to feel like the old Space Marine boxes soon. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the Ogre team, uh, the rumoured release late is December the 14th. Um, and you know what? Judging by everything else, I think that is going to be bang on the money. And I, there is a very good chance I'll, I'll be picking this team up. The Fire Mountain Gutbusters. Yeah. It's going to be um, hard to resist. It is, isn't it? And they've spoiled the 2019 Almanac as well which is going to include the Undead, Halfling, Wood Elf and Lizardman Spike uh, stuff in there. So not the actual Ogre Spike that will come out, but everything else from this year will go in there, which, you know, makes it worth buying. I prefer the Spike magazines. I don't know why I just do. Uh, it's weird, isn't it? I'd rather pay £40 for four magazines than £30 <laughs> for one book. <laughs> uh, it's kind of a collection. collection. It is. It is. And they're cool. And if you're playing that one team, it is quite a... It's quite good to be able to say, ah, Lewis, you're running a Lizardman team. I'll chuck you the Spike magazine. Yeah. But then again, £30 to get the Spike magazines for all the year is not bad at all. And no. the other thing on on that is that um, so there's always leaks of supposed product lists to third parties. That's where we saw the release date of the 14th of December for this. But listed on there are Chaos Wars as well. Yeah, that's that's been causing a lot of uh, debate online of what that's going to be. 
it's just that yeah they're listed at a slightly different price point which leads many to think that it is going to be one of the basically a remake of the old team um but others are like actually it might just be a slightly bigger box i can't see it being that um, they also had a separate bull center though what did the old team yeah. have that separate as well um i you know i don't know i mean everything was much smaller then so it all, <laughs> it all kind yeah. of fit in a box quite handily can i see these guys now doing what would they do six hobgoblins six chaos dwarves and then the bull centaurs separate i uh, i can't uh, yeah i can see that i don't know because you need the minotaur separate as well i'm not sure if they would yeah but not, i think the chaos dwarf lists you kind of either go bull centaurs or minotaurs at the beginning okay. anyway um so if 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 well first of all if chaos dwarves are coming out i'll be very happy because it's one of the hardest teams to get alternate models for that I like anyway, or um, and it's very difficult to go back in time and buy those models because the the game's virtual ones because they're rare and now it's not worth it because they would look quite small. Yes. So if it is a reprint, they might look small. Uh, if it's not, I don't know. Could be a really great surprise at the end of the year to have another team drop. Um, I've uh, I've actually bet one of our local players. That it is going to be a reprint, and if it is a reprint, he has to play Blood Bowl Sevens with me. And if it if it's not, I have to play a few games of uh, Magic: The Gathering uh, Modern with him. Oh, that is not a fair trade, Ben. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! I'm that's how confident I am. Um, and the way I see it is, uh, I can build my Chaos Dwarves while losing games of Magic: The Gathering. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> so just sort of like break, you know, yeah. rinse you, and <laughs> that's it. I was like, "Oh, you win again," and I'm just gluing this model, and it doesn't matter because I've got a Chaos Dwarf team. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Um, so I think that wraps it up for miniatures news. Like I said, quite a lot this week. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Yeah, it's funny how quickly that goes. Um, well, we've had Spiel, and there's something called Blood and Thunder Plunder. No, that's a different game, isn't it? Blood and Glory on Saturday, where Games Workshop fagged up saying there's a, a preview for new reveals and news. So maybe something gets announced on Saturday. They do not slow down, do they? On Games okay. Workshop these days. It's crazy. We're still yeah. waiting on some of the stuff they previewed like two months ago. Yeah. Um, it, it's, yeah, I'm not sure about that release strategy. I do like the, hey, this is coming, and in two weeks' time it's going on pre-order. I feel like that's quite good. Like they did with the Lizardman. It was like, boom, this is coming. And it's coming in two and a half weeks. Yeah, that was really good. I like that. That's just enough time to go, do I have to wait for payday or can I squeeze this in? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so just a couple of tournaments to touch on as we're in the news bit. At Food Bowl on the 16th of the 11th in Cardiff. It is a Blood Bowl tournament that is there for charity. So all the money they earn from it goes towards the Cardiff Food Bank, which I think is really good. Um have a look on Facebook and on Talk Fantasy Football for that. And that is a tournament that's in the SWTC, which is the Southwest Tournament Championship. So for blood bowlers that go to a bunch of different tournaments in Southwest England and Wales, um, you get some points for playing in that as well. Brilliant. Uh, we've got North Wales Carnage Cup 2 in Wrexham, which is run by a friend of the podcast, Rob. That's looking like uh, to be a great one. I was I was going to try and go, unfortunately, with my schedule and Tiff's schedule, I'm not going to be able to make it anymore, which is gutting, because um, I think that would have been a really great time. And we also have Birmingham Bowl 4 in Birmingham on Saturday, the 30th of November. So loads of great Blood Bowl in the next month. And then I imagine it will slow down for Christmas. 
Yeah, give people time to paint out their new teams. And... <laughs> That's it. Yeah, give them time to glue together their Chaos Dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of. Lovely. I think that wraps it up for news. Okay, so over to games, hobby, and bits and pieces. Ben, have you been playing any Blood Bowl? Uh, yeah, actually quite a lot of Blood Bowl, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there for some of it. So, what are the highlights for you in the last few weeks? Uh, definitely Tombstone Tournament. Oh, fantastic. That's really good to hear. So that was a that was our three-game, one-day horror-themed event with some pretty crazy games. Now, we're going to talk about that in our first segment. So, uh, any other games before we delve into Tombstone games? Yes. So, other games I have played against... I played Rich last night, actually. Um, oh yeah what was the score in the end because you guys ran off without updating the league yeah um yeah that's a good point uh, well he beat me one nil which i don't think was too bad considering he was playing humans which he's quite experienced with and i was trying out chaos renegades the first time which i'm not experienced with oh this is your um zinch um, team isn't it yes it is which leads me into hobby because uh, <laughs> yeah yeah they they i've had a lot of fun with them so i've created a team called the silver tower shifters <laughs> which is a Zinch-themed Renegades team, so I'm where, using where, the... Where, yeah, where did the name come from that? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, it came from the Silver Tower box, which, if anyone is interested and can get hold of it, because it's actually hard to get hold of, it makes a perfect Renegades team. You have done a superb job putting that team together. Yeah, um, thank you. And, yeah, the Silver Tower box has got all the pieces. So what, did you, what, what pieces did you use for the, um, the positionals? So the the linemen, I use the Karak Acolytes you get in there. And a couple of them have such like running poses, which is so dynamic for Blood Bowl. They actually oh, look like players when you cut so the weapons good. off. Yeah. So you get a bit of the uh, the flat-handed weapon snip look. But if you don't oh, mind well, that. Yeah. That's, just, that's just everywhere. So those are the, the bird-faced human dudes. Yes. Yeah. They're kind of the ripped, jacked guys, which <laughs> aren't actually ripped and jacked. They just make themselves look like that. That's the uh, law of them. Um yeah, there's also, you get a Skaven in there, which is perfect, because you need a Skaven. Um, That's the thing with, like, loads of knives and bits hanging off him, isn't it? Yeah, he's sort of, he's holding, like, a long cutlass, which I cut off, but he's also got a little dagger, which I actually kept, because it kind of looks thematic. Oh, that's cool. Like, but, he yeah, doesn't have weeping was, uh... daggers like the gut runners, but... Well, that's not a rule we run in the league, anyway. No, yeah, true. <laughs> but he, he was one of the, well, he, that model was one of the ones that was... Uh, quite prevalent at the beginning of blood bowl as being the extra gutter runners yes because it does make a great one fat ian bless him a friend of the show hooked me up with a couple that i never used because in the end i just gave up and bought another box of skaven (laughs) (laughs) cool so that's the skaven so what other great models were in there yeah so obviously the um the minotaur i'm using the ogroy thaumaturge thaumaturge yeah that is such a fantastic model yeah it does get used quite a lot for Blood Bowl. I mean, I know that um, Rich uses it confusingly for an ogre in his Chaos Patch team. Yeah, um, tripped me up at first, but he's, he has actually got a Minotaur-looking Minotaur, so when you have them next to each other, he definitely looks more ogre than that. But That is that is true. And you're using him as as the Minotaur? Yes, yeah, okay, with the big horns, it just makes sense. You're doing it properly, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's called Ogroid as well, I can see the... Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic model. It's a good size as well. It's very a bit bigger than the Blood Bowl big guys, but not so big that it is a silly Ben class model. 
<laughs> yeah, not like the tree men. Ah, <laughs> oh, those tree men are great. The, the big tree man from yeah. Lord of the Rings. Cool. That's that's yeah. That's an absolutely beautiful model. Yes, he fits also. He can squeeze on a thirty-two, but I've got him on a forty, and he fits. Really yeah, nice it, so. that'll upset uh, a couple of people in our group. Hey, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so I'm also using the um, oh the tenebral tenebral. Yeah, do you know? Tenebral shard. Tenebral shard. Yeah. So that's make that's using as I'm using that as sorry as the dark elf, because um, obviously yeah, it is a dark elf. It's a witch elf. Uh, like yeah, it's a kind of male looking witch elf really isn't it it is a male it's female looking <laughs> oh <okay>. yeah <laughs> yeah it's no he, he's a bloke which i didn't know until a while ago but that's fine but, hey, that's um, very inclusive of you that's yeah superb. yeah he's he can do whatever he wants um i've named him so i think i've named him tenebrel and i've named him cluder of zinch because my team is the silver tower shifters and he's not actually zinch so <laughs> oh, being a he's hero cluder. he's just a traitor in my team so well that's very dark elf Yes, very. Yeah, who knows yeah. what they're up to? Yeah, they're they're villainous and villainous, aren't they? So that makes a lot yeah. of sense. That's cool. So, how much of the team is that? Well, well, it's all built and painted, isn't it? No, 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 no. I've painted a couple <laughs> of them. Um, I'm using the pink horror and the blue horror as the orc and goblin, respectively, because that makes sense. Oh, that um, is such a good idea. Yeah, I'm working. I'm going to paint those next. I've I've done a couple of linemen, and that's it. But and I've robbed a couple of pieces off you, haven't I? Yes. In fact, you've you've been great in sharing those bits around the group. Um, oh yeah, uh, no, I want people to cash in because a shop near me stopped them. So, bear enabling on that. Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah as yeah. it's called. Yeah, fantastic. What about you? No. So you said you using the, using the brimstones. What have you been up to? Absolutely. So, um, you hooked me up with some brimstones that I am literally painting as we record, and yeah. uh, in but so super so seven super series is on our YouTube channel, and it is. A series of games played with the Blood Bowl 7's rules. We are nearly wrapping up season one. We've just got the finals to film, and there's, I think, two more episodes to re release before the finals hit. And after that, we're going to be moving into season two. Now, season two, we're going to do something slightly different, and it's going to be called Secret 7's. And we're going to be doing Blood Bowl 7's with secret and stunty teams from Fumble, because we love the special teams from Fumble. Just were lucky enough to have a great little tournament using some of those. And I know, Ben, you actually built one yourself yep. just to play along in that tournament. Yep. But now we're going to give you another reason to use a secret team. And that is going to be for Secret Sevens. And to do that, I've uh, seen a cheeky opportunity. So the Erewhon Treeman from Warlord Games. So Erewhon yep. is a fantasy game kind of looking at the glory days of warhammer and it's actually by rick Priestley as well who is the the daddy of warhammer oh i didn't um, know that's, that's, yeah yeah, yeah. Well. so it's uh you know fantasy battle and they've got these 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 treatment and these treatment are about 12 pounds for three and they are superb they are a great size so i picked up a pack of three and that will be the basis of my tree man team from the secret leagues and on the tree man team they have spites which is supposed to be like woodland spirit things. And uh, yeah, you hooking me up with those, what are they called? Brimstone horrors. Yeah, the brimstone. Uh, I've based them individually and cut some apart because they come in pairs, cut some apart and stuck them onto the treeman. And now I've got this little treeman team supported by these weird little forest spikes that I've painted as ghosts. They look and, fantastic. Um, they really so cool. do. So the treeman are actual treeman, so 120k each, and the spikes are basically leveled up snotlings. 
They're 20k, and I think they're 6 movement, 1 strength, 3 edge, and 6 armor with stunty dodge and right stuff. So they are just really good snotlings. I think sidestep as well. They kept that as well, didn't they? Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, they're seem... good. 20k, that's actually really good. <laughs> well, you actually flagged that up straight away. And you're like, so they're just literally better snotlings. Yeah. Um, and they are. And I think that's cool. And I think that'll make a really interesting team in sevens because, you know me, I'm all about running the different teams, especially with big guys in sevens, because it can be insanely fun, um, even when it goes wrong. And that is that is key. So, yes, I've got some Brimstone Horrors. I've painted them up. I've used the Ghost Paint uh, Nihilac Oxide just to paint them up. And, um, yeah, really good. And the Erewhon Treeman, I'll post some pictures up when I'm finished painting. They are absolutely blooming fantastic for. Blood You've done Bowl. a great job with them as well already. Oh, it's only yeah. taken you a day, and you got pretty much them all done, haven't you? Well, you know what? I haven't used any Agrax. That was wow. my challenge. Yes, first, because first I am time. very yeah, literally. I uh, I am very guilty of painting everything a couple of colours and then just Agraxing it and saying, done. But this time <laughs> I've uh, well I've used a bit on the base just to add some depth. But the entire model I've not painted with Agrax. Very impressive. I think they look great, and I think they're good. So that's uh, that's basically been most of my hobbing since the tournament. Um, now you did an absolute ton of hobbying going up to the tournament as well, didn't you? Yeah, the uh, the werewolf team I ran in the tournament that was a bit of a drain. I'll be honest. You know, when you've got a deadline, you have to get something <laughs> done, and you want to do anything. But I was there thinking, oh, I could I could paint some forty k, I could paint something else. But I, I was. The hobby motivation was massive just for not that team. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. you did an incredible job and the bases looked fantastic. Yeah. And that was probably the thing that made it even harder to do. Yeah, it did. I, in hindsight, probably shouldn't have done it. I just, you know, I had a bit of base envy from Milton because his looked fantastic. Yeah. I thought he, oh, he ran the ethereal team and he used the Shadespire models. No, yeah, he, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, they come with like integral stones and things. So he based his lineman up to match it, which did look fantastic. Yeah, I think they look better than the uh, ones the uh, one other ones came. Oh, I like, think so yeah, but yeah, he did they put did. some effort in. And yeah. then you added loads of rocks and branches and things to yours, didn't you? Yeah, so I basically cut up a the spares I had from a tree a Sylvaneth tree lord kit and also some oh, citadel wood branches. Um, I cut a few of those up, um, stuck those on. I I added some some foam flock some snow sand some rocks some skulls some leaves but i think what um what sort of tied it together to give it the horror theme which is kind of why i did it because the werewolves didn't really look too horry on their own i got some of the green stuff world spider serum which is oh, amazing that was really so cool. cool yeah so it's it was a bit bit of a an interesting I, I just went into it without actually knowing how to use it. I just sort of looked on the side of the pot and said, oh, <laughs> put through airbrush. I said, okay, I'll put through the airbrush. And it went everywhere. Like, my study was just coated. It kind of flies out the top of the airbrush. It flies out the sides. You kind of... <laughs> my technique was kind of just to spray it in the air and then wrap the model, like, in it as it was wisping in the air because it just oh, kind of... Oh, that is... That yeah. is impressive. <laughs> it's it's really difficult to use and if you go over too much it kind of all sets like a, a glossy plastic which wasn't ideal but so it took a few attempts but it is really good stuff if you ever want to make something look spooky or or you know horror themed it, it looks like cobwebs it's indistinguishable no, alice was, thought was... i just need to dust the room but <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. such a cool effect and it came out really well man like yeah. you did such a good job with that team uh, we'll talk about the build uh, in the next segment we do talk about tombstone um so other than that any hobby um 
just some bits of 40k where I can and things like that. I haven't really been up to much. No. Just a b- bunch of stuff to try and distract you from the uh, Blood Bowl projects. That... Yeah, I'm just trying to take a break from it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we can find a new team to come out that will distract you from that. Yeah, we're working on those Fobble Wobble Cup. Yeah, well. exactly. Oh, God, yeah. That's only, that reminds me. I need to finish the Woodoff team. Still yeah. haven't decided if we're going to be running a... Uh, if I'm going to run the Tree Man build that the World Cup kind of made so popular um, or to just fill on Elfit. Uh, but I do have a cool tree man, so I think I'll just—I think I will finish the tree man off. You've got to have a big guy if you can, can't you? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of—that's the whole point of Blood Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> so that covers games and hobby, um, and things coming up. Yeah, we've got Fobble Wobble Cup coming up soon, literally next, next weekend. weekend. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, Wobble, our local group against Fobble, Fistful of Blood Bowl in Portsmouth. So if any of you guys are listening, hello, and uh, you know, let's have a very good day. And hopefully it can uh, turn to an event with more teams next year. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. That um, this be team great. event is really exciting me. I know. I, I think you mentioned it on the previous podcast. It's just it's it's nice to uh, it's just it's just nice to sort of like go in as as a group and we're gonna have our shirts and it's just gonna be a really nerdy day. To... <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a proper nerdy day. Um, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. It should just be really good fun. Yeah, um, definitely. And yeah, it's. It's uh, we're using the World Cup rules, so the builds are quite interesting. It does mean you can net deck a bit from the World Cup. So I said uh, I had have had a look and to see what uh, Wood Elf teams did really well. We've looked at all the other ones, but you know Ian is running his Amazons, I think, yeah. uh, and he's not taking the Roxana build, which might be suboptimal, but it's because he doesn't have a Roxana. Really likes playing with the actual players and playing the team. So we're not proper power gaming, but we are looking at it to see. Sorry, right. we've called it out that he's got an Amazon team, so we can expect to go up against dwarves now. And <laughs> well, you know, that's only if they listen. That's their reward. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, I think that covers hobby and games. So let's talk about Tombstone. So on to our first proper topic, and our first proper topic is talking about our third proper tournament, which was Tombstone tournament which took place on the 26th of october at entoyment in pool now first things first before we go anywhere or talk about anything just want to say thank you to entoyment and um, the location is fantastic and straight off the bat it wouldn't have had a great has great a day if um they hadn't been a great game shop so if you're anywhere near entoyment in pool do pop in they've got a heck of product range loads of stuff dangerous amounts of stuff yeah um, and the, the upstairs place where you can play games is brilliant and they've got a very good little community there as well it's not just blood and warhammer as well it's just every board game you can imagine they have there it's they're very accommodating oh. to anything it's fantastic and i think that's part of the danger uh, for yeah. blood bowl players is because there's so much there's mantic games there's dnd pathfinder minis there's there's lots of stuff there that you can go oh yeah that could be uh, <laughs> that could make a good big guy or a good positional in, in blood bowl exactly how i made my game was <laughs> <laughs> exactly no that's that's so true so it was a horror themed tournament so what made it horror themed we had a restricted team list which i know we're going to talk about in a minute um and a horror themed weather and kickoff table that rich uh, put together uh, i edited slightly just to try and uh, move them around so that there was even an even chance on the kickoff for both players to be penalized or you know bonus and hopefully it, it wasn't too bad so we had uh, fancy weather fancy teams and a fancy kickoff table. 
Yeah. We ended up with 10 players, which was pretty cool. So it was the, the lowest attendance of uh, any of our tournaments. But with this kind of restricted and special team format, you do tend to get that little bit of drop off on players. Luckily, we had no dropouts on the day, which was fantastic. So of all the tournaments we've had this year, literally everybody who said they were coming has turned up, which is really, really cool. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. It was it is good to see some new faces, too. It was really good to see some new faces, especially some guys who have uh, heard about it on the podcast. And were like, yeah, made the effort. One guy came from Andover, which is about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, so he wins the prize. I mean, I know that it's not a small journey for you, Ben. Um, it's about, about an hour, about an hour and ten, yeah. It's, it's, it's on the upper limit of, uh, of an OK journey, I think. Yeah. So it was a uh, three game, one day tourney so first game was at 11 o'clock and uh, we broke for lunch after that went into round two and round three it was a swiss breakdown so the first games were randomized and then uh, the other games were based on ranking which kind of filtered out the teams that were doing well and teams that weren't doing well what we're going to do is just going to give a quick rundown of the teams that were there and then uh, we're going to ask ben what about his team was and uh, why he took it so having a look at the standings Come on, internet. Here we go. Here we go. So we had one corn team, one Nurgle team, undead pirates. We had demons of Nurgle, which is a very cool little team. Uh, We had the ethereal team run by Milton. We had uh, two undead teams, uh, a wear team by yourself, a renegades team and a chaos halfling team. So we had one, two, three, four, five secret or stunty teams and five regular teams. Yeah, good um, Yeah, no, it was really good actually. It was nice to see uh <laughs> it was nice to see the variants. Um, yeah. And uh it was also very nice to see no necromantic teams because they've done so very well at our last couple of tournaments that it was lovely to see something a bit different. So we're gonna hit up the standings first, just so I can talk through the teams and then we'll talk about yours now. Yeah. First place we had Sam with his corn team. Then we had Drew with his Nurgle team, and then Rich pegged it at third place with his Undead Pirates. Joe, who tends to normally dress up, um, came with his pirate ship full of Demons of Nurgle. Incredible team. It was a very cool team. The team build itself was quite interesting. Um, We had the Ethereal team by Milton, with uh, mostly nobody with hands, which was an interesting challenge. Just, Just knives, I believe. Yeah, um, <laughs> we had Ian and Josh. So this was really cool. So hello, Ian. Hello, Josh. Um, Ian brought his seven-year-old Josh to come to his first tournament, and uh, hopefully, they both had a really good, really good day. We oh, had... His son was talking about it for ages. He, he was loving oh, it. Oh, it was really nice to so see. So good. It's yeah. so good to see people get into the hobby, and it's so good that we actually had a tournament where you could bring, you know, a, a kid along and enjoy some games of Blood Bowl. And I think everyone was really accommodating, which was absolutely Definitely. superb to see. Um, then we had Ben, so you with your wear team, yeah. and then we had good guy Lewis, who's been on the show many times with the gyms, <laughs> and he 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 did get his first win with the gyms, but it was against Chaos Halflings, which was a stunty <laughs> league team. So we're not sure it counts properly as its first win. Um, <sighs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I don't want to say it doesn't. <laughs> well, we did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> On the drive home, I was like, oh, yeah, but it's only against a 
Uh, it doesn't really count. Not a proper, not a proper <laughs> Blood Bowl team, though. Uh, and then we had Logan with his Chaos Renegades. Um, that was a very cool team. And I, know yeah. I think it's the first sort of outing for them. But that was cool to see. And we had Nick, uh, who made a superb effort with his Chaos Halfling team. Absolutely. He had the Warhammer Ale Guzzler Giant there as the Giant star player, which was yeah. so cool. He had two incredibly well done tree men chaos spawn things oh, they did a lot of work to make them look like they were coming out of the earth which was yeah, so good grass and mushrooms and all sorts and yeah that was such a such a great team there, yeah, there the were a corn, bunch of was it corn yeah. country pumpkins and the last one heads and yeah, yeah. country Incredible. yeah pumpkin pumpkin themed um pumpkin themed team basically yeah pumpkin patch pumpkin, pumpkin patch came alive and he did a cool bit of uh, backstory behind that as well Brilliant. so Teams and things. Ben, you ran your wear team. So the wear team is from the Secret League. Yes, it's interesting. You mentioned there was no necromantic teams, but there was a necromantic on steroids, which is the wear team. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you think of necromantic and you think, oh, there's werewolves. Uh, how many werewolves were you running, Ben? Uh, I was running three, but they can, they can go up to four. Uh, <laughs> oh, you, only, you only took the three. Okay. I only took the three because I really wanted the bear. So they, and so the they can take. Bear. Yeah, there's three positionals. There's um or three player types. It's wear cats, which are kind of your line men. Um, wear wolves, which are sort of acts as your blitzers. They, they're a werewolf. And wear bear, which is a big guy who's kind of like a troll but without loner, which is really good. Um. Oh, the wear bear doesn't have loner. No, no, he doesn't have loner, which really Ooh, helped. Strength yeah. five without loner. That is very yeah. good. He was no, good. He's only a werewolf for him. Yeah, yeah, he's only 110k as well. So same price as the troll. That loses wow. loner and gets grab. So the, the linemen, the werecats that you took, they yeah. are a very interesting position, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, it, they're, they're kind of like stunties mixed with elves. They're, they're, the stat line is 7247. So edge 4, but strength 2 on all of your linemen. Yes. Yeah. That's, and no that's... defensive skills. They lose their dodge. Yeah, they've got jump up. So if they get knocked down, they can get back up again. But with yeah. armor 7 and strength 2, they are going to get knocked down. And there's a very good chance they won't get up again. Yeah. Um, the jump up was really handy. So in in this in this day um, or in this tournament, there were a lot of slow teams, and this team really outpaced every team. Because um, obviously, obviously werewolves they're they're just standard werewolves, but they're moving eight. So you've got seven moving seven and eight across the board, which is nuts. It is a huge amount of movement. That's wood elf level movement. Yeah. Um, so how 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 did you go on? So let's start with your first game. Who okay. was your first game against? So that was against Joe with the Demons of Nurgle. Oh, that's a heck of a team. So the Demons of Nurgle, they've got Nurglings as their linesmen. Strength 2. Strength they've 1. All got... Oh, they're Strength 1. Strength 1. But yeah. they've all got Guard, haven't they? Yes. Yeah, I mentioned, you know, you spoke about them on the podcast because uh, Ian, <laughs> Ian, Ian was going to take them, but then he ended up being on holiday this weekend. Yeah. Um, hi, Ian. Hope you're having a nice holiday. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they were rough. It was... A really good team so he, he took a the yeah he took all the nurglings took there's there's plague bearers which are kind of like your, your bloaters they're quite similar to bloaters nurgle bloaters yeah yeah um and then he has a great unclean one which is a massive big guy but i don't think i think he was a weak link <laughs> Two hundred thousand, i think for yeah that big guy that's yeah, so was. huge now what i did here is that um when when teams were facing a team they'd not played against they just went with the mission of, right, let's take out the big guy because yeah. it will be important. Um, did you find yourself trying to do that? 
Absolutely not. <laughs> he's strength six, and when you've got Nurglings around, he's he was I, I've never seen in every, any game of Blood Bowl so many three low blocks in that game. You... I, it was, I was against Nam, I, I, my my guys were strength two and strength three, and he had uh, play bears of strength four with Nurglings making them strength five up against like you know strength twos. I, I was losing. I was losing a lot of blocks there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised. I did see you down at the uh, down at the bar afterwards, and you did look. You had that thousand yard stare. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he was just sort of stood there staring into space, saying something about God. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think I lost one or two nil. I think it was two nil. I think you got two. Let's have a quick look. Uh, so all of these results are available on the boneheadpodcast.com. Uh, either on the homepage or in the actual sewer, uh, actual sewer bowl. No, let's go back a bit further. Uh, the Tombstone tournament page in tournaments and all the uh, the lists and standings are all on there. So, uh, da, 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 da. yes, the bubonic Boaty McBloaters, the Demons of Nurgle team, did win 1-0. 1-0. Uh, yeah, but you look like you out-casualtied him 2 to nothing. so that's something. Yeah, I tried my best to bully the Nurglings because even my strength two guys could get around and get two die blocks on them when they're on their own. So they're on their own, yeah. yeah, that was my goal was to try and take out the Nurglings, but they're only armor six, I think, and they still they managed to pass all of them. <laughs> they're really oh, hard, that's, hard that's to crazy. Yeah, yeah you would have. Um, I would have thought that would have been like a, a hunter, a hunting sort of like you picking guys and yeah. individually removing them. But it sounds like Joe played them really well and really leaned on that guard. Yeah, and I, I went in as well thinking I'll, I'll win the passing game with my edge four, but disturbing presence on every <laughs> single thing. Oh, and that's so you, the other thing, yeah. Sorry, you yeah. carry on. No, I was going to say, so you can't make blocks because everyone's got guard and the power of friendship makes it, you know, very difficult. And then um, you can't throw because you're just minus a billion. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, you, you, on top of them not being able to block as well, they've all got foul appearance, which really hurt. <laughs> of course, so you're having to two plus block anybody, Yeah, basically. And I've got three frenzies. I was failing a lot of them. Um Oh, yeah, that, that's one way to uh, get around frenzy is by blocking someone with foul appearance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it actually helped. I think that's one situation where I had a two die up. I felt the foul appearance, so it's kind of saved me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. roll the one, please. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, it was a really tough team. I think they they're very good. The strength one guard is massive, and I don't think you need the big guy because of that, because you just have play bearers and surround them with guard and they're already strength six. Especially at but, 200k. Now, I think he was running lewd grip as well, wasn't he? He did, yeah, which didn't really come into much effect. Oh, that's surprising. Yeah, you would think he, he needed it because the whole team is edge two and then they can't pick up the ball. So it gave him a ball handler. But, yeah. Um, he was just punching and, and dodging and just well, I, I, dominating. Well, I pinned him down with some with some cats on my offense. So I went first, and I he was at the back, and I um I just sort of pinned him down and kept him busy. So um, yeah, Ludgrip is a very useful player, but he is also quite easy to counter. Yeah, he's only strength three, so he is only strength three. He's got armor nine, so he sticks around, but he's uh, he's still easy to just block and keep away because he's not got block. So he can dodge away, but still three plus with a reroll is never. Never a certainty. Yeah. Cool. So that was your first game. Who did you get in the second round? <laughs> I went up against Milton. Now this I have a bit of a PTSD <laughs> from this game. It's... <laughs> I am not uh, not surprised at all. So this was the Lucini Lamenters, the ethereal team by Milton. Now he did a heck of a job painting up and building his team. He converted a load of models from Nighthorn and 
They look he's, great. They look stunning. He did a super job with the paint scheme, so much so that people have asked, and because he's used a bunch of paints that don't sell anymore, it's very difficult to copy him. Yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, how did that game go? Um, it started off all right. I thought I had a good chance. You know, he's got some strength two players. Like, I, I, my theory was I've got quite. You know, werewolves are pretty mean. I've got. I had a werewolf mighty blow as well, a claw mighty blow, and I thought, you know, I could just. I'll just tear up his ball carriers and then he's left with loads of no-hands players and he won't be able to handle the ball and I'll win. That sounds like um, a solid plan. Yeah, but then they all stabbed me and I, <laughs> <laughs> I lost one player, then I lost another player and by the end of the game I think I had two players left. So, yeah, yeah the thing is with the ethereal team is their linemen have no hands but they come with, uh, was it four, in, up to four integral stabbers? Oh, I think more than that. Maybe, maybe uh, or was it four? It might be four. Yeah, so the four, the, the, I think, well, see, the four or six wraiths have all got stabbed representing the, the wraithly touch, which yeah. is very cool and very thematic. But man, it worked a treat against you. And the really great thing is that originally he had uh, multiple block on them as he was planning on putting them on the line. And then he played a game against uh, a test game against Sam's corn and was like, oh, this is a terrible idea. Stab is awful. And then yeah. he played you. Yeah. I actually think multiple block would have even done would have done even more damage on my guys. Actually, <laughs> such a scary prospect. It's the 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 wear team. They're they're fast. They're the werewolves. You know, werewolves. They they tend to tear some players to shreds. But their armor is poor. You know, armor eight max even on your big guy, and all your linemen have armor seven. Yeah, stab. If, it's it's good if you catch them. So yeah. stab, you know, avoids all any kind of dodge, any kind of block. It's just a straight stab. And if you're armor seven, you, it doesn't matter if you're a goblin or a werewolf or, you know, a werebear. Uh, although I think he was armor eight. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. still absolutely brutal. So the score for that game was a two nil loss. Yeah, that was a two nil loss. And you were outscored seven to three on casualties. <laughs> which seven casualties. An insane amount. I know I popped over in the second half and you were just there with nobody left on the pitch. Yeah. I think I had four in the, uh, no, yeah, sorry, seven in the casualty box and then another three I think KO'd and I had two players left on the pitch, I think. Yeah. Hey, at least at least he didn't wipe you entirely off the pitch, did he? No, not quite. I, I think <laughs> he tried, tried a cheeky foul to make it happen, I believe, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So that was the second round. And then yeah. in round three, um, you saw yourself all the way down on table five. Yeah, bit of a saving grace playing the Chaos Halflings. <laughs> Which was a brilliant little game. How did I, that had, one play? I had a lot of fun. This was probably my favourite game of the day. Not because I won, but <laughs> <laughs> just because that team is such a laugh and the coach was lovely. And yeah, Um it was just it was just funny. the The giant was hilarious. Multiple block on that giant was just that was just funny. So that was the star player Thunder Snout, uh, Thunder Shout Gristle Nasher. Yes, one of my favourites, and uh, definitely one of the one of the things I was considering running in my Chaos Halfling build. I didn't. Yeah. I went for the multiple stab guy instead. Uh. Um, but uh, I was only there as a reserve in case somebody dropped out, and we got very lucky, and nobody dropped out. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, we um, yeah, I don't, I don't really don't rate the chaos spawn in that team. They did not do well. I think I took one out on the first block of the game with my werebear. Um, they are not great. So when I first no. looked at the chaos halfling team, I was like, yeah, chaos halflings with you know a 
treatment and, and mutations and things, but they're treatment. They don't have treatment. They have uh, chaos spawn, which is a very yeah. different position. It's almost, it, it's like a bad minotaur. Yeah. Or a bad troll. <laughs> yeah, well, troll it's, got, but... it's got wild animal. Yeah. Um, frenzy horns. Oh, it's a minotaur. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on my list, I took two of them and I gave them both claw. Yeah. And the plan was to just unleash them uh, and to either do the Mino Blitz kind of jobby or just put them on the line and just have a crack at, you know, taking out some guys with, with you know, Claw's great. They come with Mighty Blow, yeah. chuck Claw on. The, the idea is you should be doing some removal. Yeah. But it um, doesn't look like they played as consistently as you would need them to. The trouble with two wild animals is one's going to fail because <laughs> you can only yeah. Blitz with one. <laughs> and when you That's can't true. block with the other... He failed a lot of wild animal in that game because I just tried. I just dodged my guys out of his tackle zone, and yeah, on both yes. of them. I, well, after removing one of them, he had to blitz with that, and often it wasn't the best thing to blitz with because he had also had two chainsaws that he wants to use. Well, the advantage of Edge Four, I suppose, is that you get to do that. You get to disengage yes. quite easily, so you didn't give him any targets. No, which, oh, no, that's, that's that's good play technically, but you know. yeah, he was he was new to the game, but he played really well. Um, he used that multiple block very well. Um, he removed a few people for, with that. He actually got quite a lot of casualties, if I remember. How many How many did he get? He outscored you 4-3. In casualties, yeah. 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 And uh, you won the game 2-0. Yes. In touchdowns. Yeah, scored one, just the, scored a second one just near the end. Um, I still only had a few players, though, because I had... I only got four. Casu- I got four casualties, but I think three of them were wells, and I regened all of them. But they didn't get back in the game, so I didn't score. So oh, I so had they were just more players out than that. Yeah. They were just sat on the side watching. Yeah, and I had about three in the KO box. So I, actually, I was actually at the end down to about you know five cats and a werewolf, I think. Um, hey, you seem to have good. made it work. Yeah, yeah. When as soon as you slip away, a team like Halflings just cannot catch up. Uh, well, no. Yeah, um, I think the uh, the Chaos Halfling team was definitely punching above its weight but i think one of the most fun builds of the of the weekend and yes. that that and the nurgling team are probably just two of the most unusual lists uh, that, well actually and the ethereal team that's the good thing about the stunty league and the secret teams is that they're all just very different and yeah. uh, that was the whole kind of crux of this tournament so talking of teams i know we alluded to this earlier one piece of feedback we asked about after the tournament was we had restricted teams. So only a few of the regular teams, we'll say only a few, about 10 or 12 of the regular teams. So all the undead and chaos teams were allowed in. Uh, at first, the chaos teams weren't. And then a lot of people flagged up and said, uh, well, I think chaos are quite horror-ish. I think demons and you know mutations are all kind of horror-themed. Uh, so we said, yes, you're quite right. Let's uh, let's let's go along with public opinion and let the chaos teams in, uh, which meant that it was a, the chaos teams, the undead teams, and then a host of teams from the secret league, which we did cover a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. And um, how do you think that was received by the players? Because you were there on the ground floor playing the game with them. What was the <laughs> what was the what was the feedback from everybody around the restricted teams? I didn't hear much from. The players I played, and I, I was lucky that every game I played was with a secret or stunty league team. I didn't oh, actually yeah, play course. any of the, of the um, normal teams, um, so I, I, I didn't have that experience, which I, I personally enjoyed. My, my opinion was that I kind of, 
I, I would have liked to have seen more, but I I agree that I don't want to limit the pool too much. Yeah. So we don't want to restrict players because it would be really it would it, I would be disappointed if it was a case of hey there's this tournament but you can't attend unless you buy one of these specific teams. Now what it is is it's an optional challenge for those people who love the game enough to try different mechanics or love modeling enough to build a specific team or both in like for example you and um, you and milton um literally were like this is a great challenge we're going to build this team we love these rules and we love the idea there's a modeling opportunity there and it was great to see so much of that from people but also if you've got if you're an orc or a skaven player or, or an elf player and you've got two or three teams and none of them are eligible and you can't attend that does put a dampener on it yeah but i i really like the theme of tombstone tournament it was nice to have this halloween theme where i'm I'm up against an army of pumpkin head halflings or <laughs> sort of the davy jones like divers of the the the, the nurgle team they're, they're kind of diseased shipmen and i just thought that was really fun and thematic and i I, I don't think it's so much limiting players from playing because we have so many other tournaments to play those teams. It's it's nice to do something else. I think, I think if you're if you are a, an orc skaven human player and something like this comes along, I think it's just a great opportunity to try something else, try something new. Just go in, especially if it's secret only. Like everyone's in the same boat where you're playing with something you don't know, and I think when when you're just doing something completely that you don't know, it's actually really exciting and really fun. So I, I, I quite liked it. And it's not too much to invest. Like A, a team like this, you, you're going to be converting. But you can do it quite cheap. I, d- I did my whole team for about 30 quid. It wasn't too bad. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's just a good fantastic. option. So what would, um, what would you want to see for next year's event? Because we've already got it booked in. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the date, but it is on our website. Um, so what would you want to see us do next year? I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I think <laughs> I almost want to say the same again. Um, I I wouldn't be amiss to opening it up. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't object to opening it up. I think more options is always good. But I, I think I think I would like to encourage or maybe reward doing something different in secret team. Maybe having a best secret team as a prize or something. You know, top secret. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. But we did maybe. we did that we did that at Bonehead Bowl. Yeah, we had a, a separate prize for the top mixed team, um, and in this year's Bonehead Bowl, I'm not sure if we're going to have a separate prize, but we have kind of encouraged the mixed teams by making them a little bit more powerful than last time. So there was a couple of penalties we put on them with regards to rerolls and things, and actually we're taking that away yeah. um, and giving them a fame bonus for a mixed team. So yeah. it might be that we could do a very similar thing with Tombstone. I love the teams. Uh, I would kind of, I would personally be inclined to add a few more, um, but that's because I, I, I'm a big fan of more is better. True. Yeah, more blood bowl is more better. That's it. See, but um, I don't know. I think it went really well. Um, how did you find the the weather table and kickoff table? <laughs> that was that was fantastic. Um, I only had one really wacky. Oh no, I had two wacky results come up. I had possession and I had a witch's ball. Um, oh, the witch's ball was fun to see. Yeah, that's turning to, turning into a bomb and exploding everywhere. That was uh, 
Well, not only that, having a giant catch it and throw it and <laughs> successfully throw it. <laughs> Two sixes yeah, in a row. The, yeah. the giant on the, la- on the, on the line caught yeah. the witch's bomb, threw it away, blew up some guys, and then because the ball, because it turns back into a ball after it's exploded, was on the other side, it was a touchback. So yeah, you got you managed to throw a free bomb and get a touchback. So yeah, that was, that was, that was quite a good, well for him. That was a good play. I like that. That was fun to see. Yeah. Um, cool. That was really really thematic. Possession was good. I I don't think I used it very well. I I, I just moved moved his ball carry away from the ball, but then he moved it onto the ball. So it kind of just delayed his movement a turn. But yeah, it was um no no it was good though. I really enjoyed them and looking at them like from the chart, sort of seeing the ones I want to hope to get. It was that was good. I like so, that. I'm I'm really pleased with how they went. They weren't. Uh, I th- I was worried that with the the secret teams and a custom weather table and a custom kickoff table, it might have been too much. But it seemed like our players came prepared, were ready for carnage. And although it did take a little bit longer to play the games than normal, which made the timings a little bit tight because yeah. everyone's kind of like, and what does this do? And what does this do? Actually, it seems to work really well. Um, so uh, I, over the moon, over the moon with that, how it turned yeah. out. Um, Corn won the day, Sam. It came to yes. his first Blood Bowl tournament. And absolutely murdered face and finished uh, first place. So it might be that actually next time we uh, we disincentivize the the normal teams somehow, maybe give them less skills or something. I yeah, we'll I think maybe out. reward like like you had the tax and the mixed teams of the fan factor. Maybe have that on yeah. the normal teams. But... Oh, that's actually probably a really good one. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Fantastic, lovely. Um, is there anything else you think we should talk about when it comes to Tombstone tournament? Uh, no, just come along next year. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Have more players. Yeah, well, that would have been that would be good. I'm hoping that next year we can get a bit higher. Um, and uh, yeah, watch this space for the rules pack for that one. Okay, so for our second topic of the day, we are going to be talking about themed leagues. So inspired by the Lustrian League rules and the new Spike magazine, we're going to talk a pros and cons of doing a special league. So as with a special setting or a special restricted amount of teams uh, or an expanded amount of teams. Um, so we saw it in the Halfling Spike. So issue five, they they uh, they brought out stunty league rules. So I've got the Spike magazine here and the, the minor leagues, Blood Bowl leagues for shorter players. They had special, yes, quite cool. Uh, the only teams that may take part in the Thimble Cup are halflings, goblins, and ogres, or any future team categorized as a stunty team. League commissioners may choose to open this up to underworld denizens with no skaven and lizardmen that do not include saurus or croxicles. I tell you what, now they've got the chameleon skinks, that makes the uh, the skink only team kind of interesting. Yeah, interesting they say no croxicle then. Cause, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure before, um, so. You can take, yeah, I'm pretty sure that some tournaments do say you can have a skink-only team, but it's, they, they normally let the croc score in. Yeah, you only get one anyway, so it's not too bad. Yeah, the uh, Underworld get the troll. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and it, well, you know, skinks are kind of great anyway. So Yeah, that's true. So the Thimble Cup, they had, uh, they had a special kickoff table, um, and they used the rough and ready stadiums from the Almanac, so... The theory behind that is actually it's a setting of the minor leagues and they've got little stadiums. But they went to town in the most recent spike with uh, with the Lustrian League. So within the Lustrian League, they had um, there's an extra team mascot, which basically is a kind of a re-roll. They've got 
a huge, but they've got a kickoff table that's got four new entries, which are quite interesting. And there is a, and there's weather as well. I forgot about that. And then there's two yeah. pages of special stadium rules, some of which are really good fun and involve like boulders rolling down and wiping out one basically row or column of the pitch and stuff. It's, it's really interesting to see. But the whole, the whole premise of this topic is to talk through the idea of having a, a mini league or a league set somewhere. So we run Wobble, which is uh, down in Hive in Southampton. And we're just wrapping up our mini Christmas Bowl League, which was for brand new teams just to get four games in. We've got the Major League, which is for no TV restriction teams. Um, and that should be wrapping up in February. Then we're going to look at what we do. And it might be that actually what we could do is we could have a league set in somewhere. We could have a league set in Lustria using the Lustrian rules or do something different. Uh, come up with a winter theme thing or, or, or something like that. So you can have the limited rules. First things first, uh, Ben, what, what do you think would be the, the pros of doing a, a different league? I think just mixing it up like I'm, I know you, you've you've had this conversation before about you know how to mix it up between things like minor and major league and let people keep players but I think this is just I, I'm a sucker for narrative and like narrative campaigns and things and I think this is kind of the closest you can get with Blood Bowl um, without you know sort of adding in extra rules so it's I, I really like the idea I think having you know Wobble 6 is going to be in Lustria and then you know Wobble 7 will be in Albion you know that, that would just be really fun um it just mixes it up, mixes it up each time. It might change the way you build a team, you know, that, if things that, can... That's it. So that yeah. links into my first con of doing something like this, is that with a Blood Bowl League, players are investing their time, and it's continual time, and they build up things. And this is why people get so salty if you turn 15, 16, found them in a tabletop league, because they've literally spent a year building up this player, and he could just randomly die. Yeah. So, you know, there's, 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 you know, good things and bad things about that. But changing up the meta of an environment when you've already got teams, it can, it can adjust the earned value of that team. And for coaches, that can be quite emotional, which it's a game, but it is still a game that we believe in, we love, and we put time and effort into. So, you know, take your what's your what's the your favourite team you've run in in the, in the league so far? Well, the high elves are the ones I've taken through from start to finish. <laughs> cool. So yeah. let's take your high elves, and you worked very hard at one painting up some beautiful models, learning them how they play, and to create create your own little franchise, your own team, your own narrative. Then we say, hey guys, Wobble Six is going to take place in Albion, and in Albion it's always raining. Mm. Or the weather chart is heavily skewed in the way of not being able to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, so when I got excited about it a minute ago, it, I've now changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and yeah. because it changes that meta, for teams that are already growing or have already grown, it's kind of, it's kind of jarring. For a brand new element, I think it could be very cool. And like you said, it could adjust. So if we're going to say, right, we're playing this new league, but everybody passes at one you know one shorter because of the weather most of the time because of the charts whatever would you still take high elves no exactly no i would not i'd go bashy and it kind of limits the team and creates an interesting meta which we kind of saw at tombstone because of all the teams yours was the only kind of edge four team available yeah 
because uh, there were no elves, there were yeah. no Skaven. It, I think the only Edge Four really was a couple of star players and um, and the Wear team. And so the we saw, got to, uh, yeah, kind of, yeah, uh, but they had no hands. So. <laughs> and you said that actually what we found was that the teams were quite slow teams. It was a controlling, it was a grind. Yeah, and you would see, you know, kind of possibly a skewing of the meta, but having a mini meta I think is great. But we've just got to be aware that if we ran a mini league uh, that was in a different setting, any previous teams would be impacted by that. So yeah. what um, what cool ideas? Not necessarily specifics, but what cool things could you do, do you think, to create a themed league? What could you introduce? Um, I think maybe look into making sort of more mandatory stadium rules. Um, that could be a thing where, not I say, I say mandatory, I mean just sort of encourage it more. Um, maybe everyone mm. even just starts off with one. Um, I was going to say, these, um, the, the lustrum rules do say you've got to use, you've got to roll for a stadium. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think it helps. Yeah. Uh, stadium it, rules aren't too damaging to either team. Like, sometimes they benefit <laughs> you a bit, but some some of them aren't that bad. I think as long as you've got a balance. Yeah. And the, I tell you what, the new Lustrium ones actually do have a good balance because a lot of the effects are kind of um, not necessarily environmental, but they're kind of equal. It, it's it's akin to saying on this pitch, sometimes there's going to be a random fireball. Now that doesn't punish one team over the other. No. Whereas the the Astro Granite pitch where it adds plus one to your armor rolls kind of punishes low armor teams yeah um, you know and, and, and there is there is stuff like that and one so, i like re- one i really like sorry from the lizardman's bike is the golden sands that that to me is like the narrative where it's saying uh like, oh absolutely. every team receives 10 extra gold pieces uh, 10k extra from the tourists because everyone <laughs> is really sunny yeah they're playing on the beach at the tourist like yeah. touristy place aren't they so yeah everyone gets 10k more i think it does it affect uh i go for it as well um, uh, towards no, the end of each half, yeah. uh, the tide comes in and pick up you pick up some minus one. Yeah, that's not bad, is it? Sand. That's fine. But yeah, and also star players are cheaper because they're all on holiday. <laughs> 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 and I just think it that's is... quite fun. Like it doesn't. It, both players can benefit from that. And yeah, that, I think that's key. And yeah. that's something that we kept in mind when we did the custom kickoff and weather table is to try and make the effects hit both teams equally. So having set stand, yeah, but you know, you're exactly right. You know, having a stadium list that's custom to your theme, um, it, it's maybe that's something we could do in Tombstone instead of a weather or kickoff table next year. Yeah, you know, is have these are the stadiums that we're playing. We're playing in a, a spider stadium where things happen, or underground, or in a graveyard, or something. Just have um, kind of global effects that affect the entire game without necessarily introducing a bunch more rules when it comes to. In fact, you know what? A stadium is one rule for the whole game, whereas a kickoff or weather table can be, you know, four, five different ones throughout the course. Yeah. And, you know, people don't, I mean, I was going to say people don't complain about the weather, but I definitely do when it rains, like in, in Bubble and in real life. But oh, um, the, the anxiety of seeing the first roll be a one from one of the players is just like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. And, you know, that's in the rules. So maybe having, it's not too bad to have a, a, a result that might change the effect of one game. So. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, the, another thing I thought could be quite interesting is having a, a if you're going to set a league in a place, um, have access to some generic star players. Yeah. Some new star players, but actually that most teams can take or some, or, you know, just make sure that you increase it. Or So when we look at Beachhead, which is um, our tournament at Beachhead 2020 uh, in February, February the 8th 
is um, there's a star player that's available to everybody because the tournament is set on the cliff tops of Albion, and in the Albion campaign, druids and things could raise fen beasts. So everyone has access to hire a fen beast as a star player. It's a great which, idea, which is kind of like a, a an earthy troll. Having you know, say we set a league in Albion or in Lustria, and then we said, actually, you know what? Everyone has access to the <laughs> to the decreased amount of um, lizardman star players. It would have been quite interesting if there'd been ten, but because there's three lizardman star players, it's yeah. a little a little less exciting. But you know, um, say it's going to take place in Athol Lauren, which is the Wood Elf domain, and everybody can hire the Wood Elf star players through the, throughout that season. It's a good way to get creative. Exactly. You could even, yeah. like you say, even make your own. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You could make your Come own for the league. league. Yeah. I mean, you and I were talking earlier, and we. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> came came up with the idea of being able to hire a dirty player snotling for thirty k or forty k. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just to just to pad out the team roster. Angry fan or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so so some of the things you can do in the theme league. So the stadiums are great ones. You can have weather and things like that. Different star players, different inducements as well. I mean, kind of links into star players, but you know, say so North Wales Carnage Cup. They've got a whole list of inducements that are basically different kinds of beer, <laughs> because because the idea is that the whole uh, event is sponsored by a brewery, so right. they've got the different ales and they cost different things and they do different things, which is really really cool. That's a great idea. That's fantastic. Could, yeah, you could do a bugman's brawl. Yeah, everything takes place in underground dwarf halls, and there are some extra beer inducements that you can take. And as long as the rules are kind of even for everybody, it just adds flavour. Yeah. Speak nicely to Games Workshop and the host in Bugman's Bar as well for that extra flavour. <laughs> See, that is it. So I'm very lucky. I got engaged recently and I've decided that my stag do, as it is, is going to be a weekend at Warhammer World playing Blood Bowl. That is at fantastic. Some point. That is the plan. <laughs> but fiance Tiff has agreed it, I think. I may have told her, I may you not think? have told her. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous, I'm sure I told her. I'm yeah. sure I told her. I think she'll probably approve of that more than tank paintball, which was the other idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, stag do at Warhammer World, and I get to have custom dice as wedding favors. So oh. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. But, um, <laughs> but yes, um, some other stuff you can do, and this is something that I'd love to get your thoughts on, just in general, is prizes for winning a league. Right. Do you mean like trophy, or do you mean? No. So I mean actual things that the team gets for winning the league. Right. So there are a couple of ideas out there. And one of the cool things about this spike is it does say about the prizes. And technically, so does the stunty one as well. Although I never really read it. Um, Let's see. Primordial Rainforest. I'm sure there was a little segment about prizes for the tournament. Many glorious prizes. The Croxodon Cup. Yeah, the the Croxodon Cup. Uh, in addition to the usual prizes, the victor receives the Croxodon Cup, uh, da, 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 which has the ability to heal and rejuvenate players. The team that holds the trophy gains one of the following inducements for free ahead of each game. Uh, basically, you get a free apothecary each yeah. game while you have that trophy. So this is something that we've always shied away from as a league to give long lasting effects because we tend to not decide them until we've already started a league. But say, you know what, next year uh, we were going to run a Wizards League, a Wizard Cup. And in that cup, everybody could hire a wizard at half the price. 
and uh, the winner while they held that cup got a free wizard inducement you know for each game mm. how 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 do you think that would be received by our league um i i'm not sure i think i don't know if wobble is unique in the way it, or if it's the same as other leagues but i think most people tend to run different teams don't they they, you get they a new do. cup, they don't tend to take yeah. the same team into the next league. But um, having the benefit of, of these, some of these prizes can be quite strong. So I think well, if you're going to run a themed league and you're going to have a prize, it, it, you've got to figure out if it's going to carry over or if the coach gets it or if the team gets right. it. So one thing we have done historically is what we call wobble dollars. So the winner of the, of the, of the league gets X amount of thousands of wobble dollars that they can use on any team they want so if they make a new team they can spend so say the winner won you know 50 wobble dollars and then they were like you know what next season i'm going to run a new team and you know what i'm going to use that 50k to get me that extra reroll at the beginning or that apothecary and give me that head start i think having those prizes go with the coach is is probably i think the best way around that yeah no i think you're right and then that means they can they can either use the same team or a new team, and no, yeah, I, th- I think that but that works. Um, uh, so, kickoff tables we spoke about, weather tables we spoke about, stadiums we spoke about, adjusted teams, star players, inducements. Um, I'm, you know what, I, I'm, I'm feeling like we should do this as we go into next year. I think um, so too. Generally, I, I, I think we should get some ideas and we should take a poll within the group where we would like the next tournament to be, whether it's Albion, Lustria, Southampton. <laughs> you know yeah southampton the wizard's den something cool so we get that themed themed stuff in there um and while i think there are some puritans which i think is really important that um guys who are rocking up to a club to play blood bowl know that you're using the blood bowl rules and that's yeah. something that the wobble has always been really strong on is that it's important for new players to be able to come in and know exactly what they're playing so we've kept our our house rules to an absolute minimum i think yeah um, i mean say you, you were a new player once but actually was there anything you could think of that we did differently to the rule book no 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 i think it was kind of to the oh you did I, I, is it in the rule book now the fact of um what's it the mvp d3 yeah, the, i think the d3 is in the um that's in the rule book now yeah it's in the rule book now but i just, oh, yeah. i think that's just such an important rules change anyway yeah but you see like the blood bowl 2 games where you get you keep getting your mvp oh, on your dead guy or yeah. the star player it's just brutal yeah. so last point Ben if you could play a league in a themed zone what would you want to do oh yeah I'm going to put you right on the spot last week last week I did a lightning round where I made everyone come up with a sevens list yeah you did (laughs) this time I'm going to make you come up with a themed league you'd like to play in because I've got I've got one as well I'm not I'm really not too familiar with um with the old world so oh, don't worry about the old world. Don't worry about the location, but maybe just the rules pack or what okay. you would find cool. Hmm. I, I did have the idea. You know, when we mentioned it earlier with the with the raging fan, I was thinking of the um, like you know you have like Cabal Vision in Blood Bowl Two, maybe like the televised cup or something like that, where oh. you start introducing rules for like sponsorships and things like that. Oh, I love the idea of sponsorships. And you know yeah. what? One of the guys at club yesterday was like, "Can, can I can I take a loan?" Hello. <laughs> yeah. he was like, I, need te- I need I need ten k more for a yeti. Can I take a loan? And yeah. you know what? Having a season where you can do things like take sponsorships, take loans, 
um, could be quite interesting. Quite you an interesting. Take a session. loan, and if you if you win the game, it's fine. You can you 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 you, you, you take, have it. If if you lose, you have to pay a load back. <laughs> and know? if you don't if you don't pay it back, what happens is one of your players randomly misses the next game. <laughs> yeah, just suspiciously being held yeah. hostage. Yeah, I think that I would think be great. A, yeah, great. So <laughs> I think that like the televised cup or the cabal cup or something like that. No, I like the cabal yeah. cup. That's a good idea. Cabal vision cup. Yeah. If, if I had a choice, it would probably either be Albion, because I love Albion from back in the old days, or some kind of wizard-sponsored event, because no, we don't use wizards enough. Um, some of the wizard effects are really cool. Some of them are, because of that, I think they're underutilised. So mm. I'd love to see like a, a mini-league where everyone gets a wizard every game for free, or you get uh, a wizard for half price, but you have to use him as a miniature on the board. So you right. can block, and you can only cast a spell while he's on the pitch, and your opponent can block and knock out the wizard before he gets a chance to use the spell. <laughs> That's a great idea. Make him really weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, strength yeah. one, strength two. Yeah, 80k for a wizard, but actually you could only use the spell if he's on the pitch. Yeah, um, and not one attack zone. Yeah, yeah, so you see them set up their wizard, and you're like, right, <laughs> let's take him out before he gets a chance to pull the spell off. I just think that would be really great. That um, would be fun. But that's it. So, guys, if you're out there listening, you've got any cool themed leagues ideas, um, then let us know. Because, one, we need them for our tournament. And, two, if there's some really good ones, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Because more Blood Bowl is more better. That's right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the star player. Right, so it's time for the star player of the show. We alluded earlier... I say alluded, we've mentioned this skill a couple of times when we're talking about Tombstone, and that is the beautiful skill that is multiple block. Yes. So Thundershout Gristle Nasher, the giant, has multiple block. I was going to run a Chaos Dwarf team with a Stab Dude with multiple block, and Milton's Ethereal team with some Stabby Dudes, his first sort of skill set had multiple block on his Stabbers. So I thought, multiple block is cool, but they're all very special cases. They're all secret or stunty. Where does it appear in the real rules? And unless you roll a double on a Dark Elf Assassin, you know, <laughs> you're not going to see it. But one guy yeah. who does have it is Grim Ironjaw, who is basically the Slayer special character um, star player for, for the Dwarf team. So Grim Ironjaw, he is, you can only play for Dwarfs, and he's 220,000, which isn't bad. For a star player, uh, he is oh. yeah. His uh, so his movement five, strength four, edge three, and armor eight. So he's a edge and strength boosted dwarf straight off the bat. It's pretty good. It's not bad so far. Yeah. Um, he's got loner, obviously. He's got thick skull because he's a dwarf. He's got block, dauntless, frenzy, and multiple block. So this guy is a hench, agile, troll slayer with multiple block and i think they come with dauntless don't they so just multiple block and strength four so i know you asked a bit earlier multiple block and dauntless how does that work yeah so we did some rules check because actually we were talking through it the other day for each block he gets to roll a fresh dauntless okay but that is after so the whole idea of multiple block if you're in base contact with two opponents, you can declare, right, I'm going to block both of these, or I'm going to use the multiple block skill. At the start of a block action, a player who is adjacent to at least two opponents may choose to throw blocks against two of them. 
Make each block in turn as normal, except that each defender's strength is increased by two. The player cannot follow up either block while using the skill, so multiple block can never be uh, so multiple block can be used instead of frenzy. But both skills cannot be used together. Which is uh, interesting because he has it, both skills. <laughs> he does, so he gets that choice. So you have got this strength yes. four dwarf who's like, I can either make two strength four blocks against you with or, block, yeah, or yeah. one strength two block against two different guys. Yeah, but I've got Dauntless to carry me over. Yeah, uh, to have the option to throw the second block, the player must still be on his feet after the first. And Dauntless, you roll a dice, add it to your skill. If it's equal or lower than the opponent, you block with your normal strength. If it's higher than them, you, uh, you block as if you're evens. So say he's on the line, he's blocking two strength three guys. That makes them strength five, essentially. Yeah. Or makes you strength, uh, strength two. Uh, it doesn't reduce uh, your strength does it it just increases theirs increases theirs so yeah so you're strength four blocking against two strength five guys at that point yeah which basically means that on a two plus for dauntless it's an even block isn't it even a one plus was it Uh, that's because it's got to be greater than their strength greater than their strength to equal it yeah so one one fails but two succeeds so i declare multiple block with this guy and on a two plus you know, for each you roll separately for each block, I get that one die. Now, if it was perhaps on a team where there was easy access to guard, like a dwarf um, team, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, where the players don't get knocked over quite so often, um, there's a great chance of you chucking one guy with guard in there, and then he's just multiple blocking two two die blocks with a single guy, and I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, he's gonna do he's gonna take those blocks. And he's got block as well, so it's like, you know, yeah, quite likely. That's it. Yeah. Well, with Dauntless, taking a one-die block with block is, is is happening on a two-plus. And you know what? We've all played against Dwarf teams, and taking the one-die block is fine. Yeah. You know, generally speaking, that you can always roll that skull. And where he's a loner, you don't get the advantage of being able to just use the team reroll to get, your, get yourself out of it. But, but yeah, so... It's always risky having Loner on something with, you know, he's pretty much always going to be doing two blocks, whether you choose the multiple block route or the frenzy block. You frenzy are exactly route. right. And with Loner, it is risky, but block does help me to get. If he didn't have block, I would be looking at that thinking that is too risky to take. Mm. But with block, it's a bit of a safety net. You're exactly right. Two die block with block is, a, is basically only a 1 in 36 chance of failing um, because you need to double skull at that point because all right, he's got frenzy. So rolling a double both down, you know, it, it's still, it's fine. It doesn't end your turn. It just ends his little frenzy onslaught, doesn't it? Yeah. But it does, you know, rolling a single both down against uh, one of your multiple blocks doesn't actually stop the multiple block. You can still block the other guy. Yeah. So if you get an assist in there, fantastic. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I'd love to play this guy against uh, Snotlings. That'd be great fun. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> creaming out those blocks everywhere yeah so what are your thoughts on this guy then ben i really like him i i didn't you know i'm not too familiar with dwarves but now i've got one on the way i might start looking at having this guy in here um <laughs> did you back the fan of team as well i though? did and he's one of them isn't he he is yeah yeah <laughs> oh that's so cool i might try and maybe looking at a low tv dwarf team just to try and get this guy in because i like frenzy after playing it with the werewolves and with Dauntless multiple block having the other as a separate route. It's a good combo. I like it. I like it a lot. 
He is a cool player. But for league play, 220k isn't a huge amount. It's not a throwaway amount. But when you're running dwarves, you are very unlikely to be yeah. 200,000 plus down. So you could be called against a fresh with a fresh team going up against a season team. But I've got to ask the question, is it better than two rerolls? Is it better than a wizard? Yeah, I, I, I think he's better than a wizard. I think he's better than a wizard as well. Yes. He's got a decent position. He's edge three, which is edge three strength four. Even if you don't block with him, yeah. that's good. That's a good player he's to very have. Good. Um, and, you know, I know that the next seven super series is going to be secret and stunty teams, but at some point I really want to do a star sevens where you take a star player, build a team around him, and you know what, a Grim Iron Jaw Dwarf team with him and two Troll Slayers and some runners would be great fun. Yeah, that would be good. That would just be such a cool thing. There you um, go, Cabal, Cabal Vision Brawl, you know, the stars come out for a bit of screen time. <laughs> Everyone yeah. gets 200k to spend on star players. Oh, now you're talking. Now that yeah. is a very cool special rule. And I think Rick <laughs> from our local club would be absolutely over the moon about that one. Yeah. Um, oh, that's very good. Right. Well, they're going to have to post that one to the group, I think, for next year. Because <laughs> that could be awesome fun. Nice way to see these these players come on the pitch. Because like you say, this guy is very rarely actually going to make an appearance on a dwarf team. And because he's, he's only dwarves, you know. He, he, yeah. That's it. He's only dwarves. I think they should bleed the uh, star players into other teams a bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it was just each team has access to one other team's star players. So if you gave the halflings or humans the dwarf star players, that would be a really cool mix. Yeah. Um, Maybe but, some elf ones spread across Dark Elf, Elven Union. And, you know. but it, yeah, exactly. It would just be really cool to see some of those star players in use. Um because otherwise you're not going to get them. But yeah, that wraps it up for our star player, and therefore that wraps it up for the episode. So, Ben, thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. I appreciate you coming on and having a chat about some blood bowling nonsense, and I really appreciate you coming along and playing at Tombstone and um, winning a trophy, I believe. Yeah, thank you. No, it's a pleasure every time. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll happily I'm waiting. Look forward to the next one. Look forward to the next one. Just before we move on, which trophy did you win? Uh, yeah, I won fan favorite, which was really nice. That's probably the best feeling trophy to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, you you were yeah. you were super um, and uh, well deserved trophy. Um, sorry, your team got absolutely murdered, but you know, thank you for all your efforts. No, and um, you. it was great. So, guys, that wraps it up for episode twenty-eight. Thank you very much for listening. If you've got any tournaments, leagues, any news you want us to share, then please get in contact. And uh, let us know. We'll put it out on the air. Otherwise, thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. And um, we'll see you again soon.